0: From the College of Communication, Arts and Sciences at Michigan State University. It is now time
1: to go beyond the X's and the O's with WKAR's current sports.
0: You want to go after an athlete, one of my athletes, come after me. I'm a man, I'm 40 My style is impetuous, my defense is
1: impregnable Well, I'm
0: the best corner
1: in the game When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crashy That's the result you're gonna get Yes, I ex- expressed to them, I was mad, I was furious Just furious I know my wife will at least shot fake one time We talking about practice Not a game <laughs> I told our players, you need to be more like a dog we don't need a bunch of cats
0: in here, yeah, looking in the mirror. Do I look good? I got my extra bands on, I got my other shoes on. Be a dog. We don't need no meows.
1: We don't need no cat.
0: Here's your host, L. Martin.
1: Beautiful people, welcome to this Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021 edition of WKAR's Current Sports. I am your host, Al Martin. I hope all is well out there. You know, it's a bit of a chilly week here in East Lansing, isn't it? It really is. You know, and and I think across Michigan, period. I don't know what's going on, but, you know, we had a lot of rain yesterday temperatures were like in the high 60s low 70s uh same thing today we're, we're going to get up to the 70s but you know we're not seeing like 80 degree or 90 degree weather a little bit weird um <laughs> i actually have my little heater going uh this morning as i record today's show but um yeah you know it's almost like you can throw in a hoodie today because temperatures for the most part are going to stay in, like, the 60s all day. So a little touch of fall feels like a, you know, fall outside, like football weather, right? Man, I love football weather, so I can't complain too much. But still, you know, we don't get much. We don't get many days of summer. So I want to see those temps go up a little bit. But, hey, regardless, those listening right now, you're alive. You have breath in your lungs. Let's all be grateful. And, hey, the sun is out at least. All right? So on today's show, a few things I want to address before I roll in. I've got a throwback, a throwback Tuesday um, uh, interview I want to roll in today. And uh, there are a few things I want to address before I get to that interview, which will be when I sat down with Tori Franklin, formerly of the Michigan State track and field team, She set so many records while she was an athlete for that program here in East Lansing. And now she's an Olympian, folks. Now Tori Franklin will be taking her talents to the grandest stage when it comes to international competition. The Tokyo Olympics, which will take place in Japan from July 23rd to August 8th. And it will include Tori Franklin, who will be trying to bring home the gold in the triple jump. Amazing stuff. Um, She'll be making her first appearance in the Olympics. She finished second place at 14.36 meters um, during the, uh, the Olympic qualifiers over the weekend. Uh, out in uh, 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 Eugene, Oregon, at Historic Hayward Field. She put on a show, as she usually does, and if you follow Tori Franklin on her social media page, you know, ever since she um, you know graduated from Michigan State University, she has been working toward this goal. She's been racking up sponsorships in the hopes of making her Olympic dreams come true, and now she has done that. So I thought it would be pretty cool just to take a look back uh, at a time when I had Tori on uh, just before she walked across the stage and got her Michigan State degree as she kind of reflected on her career at Michigan State. So we'll have that throwback chat with Olympian, that's pretty cool, Olympian Tory Franklin uh, later on this hour, okay? You don't want to miss that. Um, but there are a few things I, I need to address before we get to that. Uh, primarily, the NBA draft lottery, folks, is tonight yes tonight is the night and you know for Detroit Pistons fans out there like me you know we got a little bit of hope a little bit of hope and and I'll break down the numbers um you know in just a second as, as it pertains to what are the chances what are the odds that we can pull off a miracle and land the number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft all right Uh, But I want want to pass along this news to you guys. Uh, If you didn't see this, but Mel Tucker and the Michigan State football program, they have been doing work on the recruiting trail. They have gotten a pledge from three-star wide receiver Jaron Glover. He's a part of the 2022 class. Uh, He's a wide receiver down in Florida. Also, a few more that I saw. Uh, Michigan State has also earned a commitment from three-star tight end, Michael Masunas, who is a tight end, uh, three-star prospect from Chandler, Arizona. And there was one more. Yes, there's one more uh, 2022 offensive lineman, Brayden Miller, who is a three-star offensive lineman from Colorado. So Michigan State football right now is steadily building its 2022 recruiting class as they as, as now Mel continues to go out there and try and get pieces that fit his mold of, of what he wants to see uh, this program turn into, you know, get him from the D'Antonio era because there are still D'Antonio era players on this squad. But, again, that's why I say you can't really judge Mel Tucker fully until about maybe like three or four years in when he has his guys on that roster, when he can put together this team the way he wants to, recruits the players that he wants to put them in, in, in position to start and then we can see really what, what Mel can do. So um but but awesome, awesome stuff. I also want to mention uh, going briefly back to the Olympics that uh East Lansing grads, um uh, Manson and Patterson have uh uh they they have earned bids also to compete in the Tokyo Olympic games, Taylor Manson and Kentre Patterson. They are 2017 graduates of East Lansing high school. And, you know, uh, now they'll, they'll be heading to the Olympics. I mean, how cool is that? How cool is that? We got a lot. We have a lot of local flavor that will be, um, competing over in Tokyo. And, you know, I, and I mentioned Tory. I also want to mention that, um, you know, uh, formerly, uh, O'Connor, but Leah Phelan, uh, arguably the most decorated track and field athlete um, ever in Michigan State history, she'll also uh, she she'll be competing in in the in the trials this week. Uh, also, Tim um, Earnhardt is also competing in the trials this week, so they they also still have a chance to make the Tokyo Olympic team. So uh, Fallon finished uh, in second place again, formerly Leah O'Connor, but now it's Leah Phelan. Um, not Fallon, Phelan. Um, you know, she got married. Congratulations to uh, to Leah. She finished second um, in the three thousand meter steeplechase over the weekend. Advanced to the finals, which will be held this Thursday. So we'll see if she can. Um, and that will be at, at night, eleven forty seven p.m. Thursday night, eleven forty seven p.m. We'll see if Leah Phelan can move on and become. Um, yet another Spartan who will compete in Tokyo. And when it comes to Tim Earnhardt, he's competing in the men's decathlon. Uh, he finished 11th place in the decathlon, so it's going to be really tough for him to. Um, I don't know, maybe that, yeah, I think that may have eliminated him from actually uh, making the uh, the final team. But uh, but still, you know, a lot of local flavor. Uh, you know, you got two East Lansing High School grads and, you know, now Torrey Franklin and possibly Leah. Phelan moving on to compete um, in the Tokyo Olympics. So uh, awesome, awesome stuff. And then last but certainly not least, uh, you guys probably saw this story making the rounds yesterday, but Las Vegas Raiders defensive end Carl uh, Nassib. Yes, Carl Nassib of the Raiders on Monday became the first active NFL player to come out as gay. Nassib, who is 28 years old, he made the announcement on his Instagram post And, you know, he he just kind of laid it out, um, uh, you know, that that, hey, I'm gay. Um, I'll read the direct quote here. Quote, what's up, people? I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. I really have the best life. I've got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. I actually hope that, like, one day, videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. But until then, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate culture that's accepting, that's compassionate, and I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project, end quote. That's a bit of what Carl Nassib had to say during that Instagram post. And for those who don't know what the Trevor Project is, the Trevor Project provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to the LGBTQ plus community. And um, it commended Nassib's announcement saying in a statement that his donation will help it, quote, scale our life-saving crisis services to reach more than 1.8 million LGBTQ youth who seriously consider suicide each year in the United States. So Carl Nassib coming out as gay, um, showing a lot of courage in doing that. So um, that was a very big headline yesterday. All right. So before we get to this throwback chat, the NBA draft lottery, folks, where dreams are made and also, uh, well... Dreams are not made. (laughs) Hearts are broken, I should say, right? Uh, We all come in to the NBA Draft Lottery with a little bit of hope because anything can happen. And, you know, especially for my Detroit Pistons fans out there, we have a a major opportunity to to possibly make some noise tonight. Now, it is going to be uh, very tough. It's going to take a a lot of luck. Without a doubt, it's going to take... (laughs) it's going to take a lot of luck. All right. I'm not holding you up on that. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, hope is a, is a very strong word. and, And I love it. Anytime you can have a little bit of hope, that's a good thing, right? So if you look at the odds for every team with the chance to win a top pick this year, the Pistons have actually the second best odds to land the top pick in this year's NBA draft. Um, Right now, if you look at it, Houston has the number one odds. Uh, They have an average pick of 3.7. They have a 14% chance uh, to land the number one overall pick. Uh, To land the top four, they have a 52.1% chance. To be honest, um, the Pistons have, well, yeah, yeah, they they have the same percentage odds there to land the number one pick and the top four pick, 14% and 52.1%. So that's very, very good. Um, And the same thing with the Orlando Magic. Orlando is number three. Uh, An average pick of 4.1, they have a 14% chance to land number one and a 52.1% chance to land in the top four, just like the Pistons and the Houston Rockets. Uh, After that, you've got the Oklahoma City Thunder at number four. You've got the Cleveland Cavaliers at five. The Minnesota Timberwolves at six. The Toronto Rappers at seven, uh, eight is the Chicago Bulls, nine, the Kings of Sacramento, number 10, the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, then you have uh, the Hornets at 11, the Spurs at 12, the Pacers at 13, the Warriors at 14. And who cares about everybody else? But again, those, those top 14 teams have a, a, a big opportunity to possibly make some noise tonight. Okay. And you know, the show is always interesting. You know, tonight, the Clippers and Suns game two will take place, and the lottery is scheduled to take place right before that game at eight thirty PM on ESPN. And it's it's really a spectacle. It really is. You know, you have all of these representatives from these fourteen lottery teams. Um uh, and, and these representatives come from from management. Uh, are maybe former players, maybe current players. Uh, it's it's awesome to see because it, it really does become uh, a spectacle. It, it really does. And they bring these these good luck items, and it's awesome. So when it comes to the, the four team representatives, check this. Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon will be representing the Rockets tonight. You know, he's a Rockets legend, won championships back in the 90s for uh, for that team. For the Pistons... Big Ben Wallace how about that that's right fear the fro baby Uh, that's that's when I really fell in love with the Detroit Pistons you know as a as an 11 12 13 14 year old you know when I was 14 they won that 04 championship beating Kobe and uh, Gary Payton Shaquille O'Neal Carl Malone in that in that NBA Finals in which the Pistons were heavy underdogs, but it was a gentleman's week as, as the Pistons, as the Pistons won in five games. Um, but uh, but yeah, Ben Wallace, uh, part of those going to work Pistons. He will be the rep for the Pistons tonight. I'm excited about that. Ben is a staple of the Pistons organization, so hopefully he brings a lot of good luck with that. Uh, you have Jeff Weltman representing the Magic, Nazir Muhammad representing the Thunder. Uh, Colby Altman, um, he's representing the Cavs. Anthony Edwards representing the Timberwolves. Fred Van Vliet representing the Raptors. Uh, Mark Eversley representing the Bulls. Monté McNair representing the Kings. Swin Cash, remember Swin Cash? Used to ball out for the Detroit Shock. Remember when Detroit had a WNBA team that was pretty dominant back in the day? You remember that? Remember those days? Cheryl Ford, Deanna Nolan, Swin Cash. Man, I actually, when I was young and, and... you know, uh, they had the, uh, the, the Detroit Shock doing their thing uh, at the same time as the Detroit Pistons. And Bill Lambeer was a very good WNBA coach. He was the coach of those squads back in the day. I believe Rick Mahorn was on the assistant coaching staff. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was true. Um, so you had the bad boys flavor on that squad as well. But, yeah, Swin Cash was that deal. She was one of my favorite players in the WNBA during that time. But, yeah, she's, she's representing the Pelicans. Check this. Former Michigan State basketball star Miles Bridges, who is having a very solid start to his NBA career, especially playing alongside now the NBA Rookie of the Year, um, Lamelo Ball. Uh, Miles Bridges of he'll be representing the Hornets tonight. How about that? How cool is that? Uh, and speaking of that Rookie of the Year award for uh, for, for Lamelo, um, they are really close. Miles Bridges and Lamelo are are very. Very close, um, and you can imagine, so you can see the chemistry on the court with all of those lobs from LaMelo's fingertips to Miles Bridges for thunderous dunks that make ESPN's top 10 plays on a nightly basis, right? But I don't know if you guys saw the, the video of how LaMelo received or was notified that he was the rookie of the year, but he was walking around in one of the Hornets merchandise stores with Miles Bridges, who surprises him. And, you know, he looks at these jerseys, and he's pointing at these jerseys, and, you know, LaMelo's name is on the jerseys and whatnot. Then he looks at one particular jersey, and behind the jersey is the Rookie of the Year trophy. And it took a a minute for LaMelo to see the trophy because he kept looking at the jersey, and then he looks at the trophy and just kind of goes bonkers. So, very cool stuff. But, yeah, Miles Bridges, anyway— He'll be representing the Hornets tonight. Um, You'll have Peter J. Holt representing the Spurs, uh, Nancy Leonard representing the Pacers, and Rick Welts representing the Warriors. So we'll see what happens, man. And when it comes to the NBA draft, that will be held, mark your calendars, July 29th on ESPN and ABC. So I'm hoping for a little bit of lady luck for the Pistons Uh, again, with the second best odds to land the number one overall pick in tonight's NBA Draft Lottery. But again, don't don't get too happy, Pistons fans, because, you know, I'll believe in the Pistons moving up when I see it, because history has not been kind to the Pistons. We've seen them fall numerous times when supposedly the numbers were in their favor. And, um, you know, we, we and we've seen no movement for a lot of years as well. So, and with the NBA now, I mean, things have really changed as far as you know to per, to try and prevent tanking and 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 now the odds aren't really. I mean, they are in favor of the teams who have some of the worst records in the NBA now, but it's 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 not like what it used to be. It's not like what it used to be. So, um, we'll we'll see what happens, man. But expect the unexpected. When it comes to the NBA draft lottery, as always, every single year something happens that just shocks everyone. All right. So um, and, and also I want to make a note about the Houston Rockets. Again, they have the best odds of landing the top pick. But if somehow, some way, again, expect the unexpected. If Houston's pick falls outside the top four, it gets conveyed to Oklahoma City. So there could be some drama there. I mean, look at number six, Minnesota. If Minnesota's pick is not one of the top three, it gets conveyed to Golden State. Uh, Chicago's pick, at, you know, they have the eighth best odds. If Chicago's pick doesn't move up to the top four, it gets conveyed to Orlando. So um, keep those three things in mind when watching tonight. Now, when it comes to if the Pistons land in the top four, or if they land the top pick, I think, look, it's a no-brainer that you got to go after the, the, the big prospect, okay, and that is Cade Cunningham. He is a can't-miss NBA prospect. Every quote-unquote basketball expert who, who comes on television and breaks down this year's draft class, they have him as the clear-cut number one overall draft pick. They believe that he is a game-changer. He has superstar capabilities. And i got to be honest with you guys, I have been wanting my Pistons to lose every single game this season, especially when, when we saw that they probably weren't going to make the playoffs in that second half after the All-Star break. I have been wanting them to fade for Cade. That has been the line, right? Fade for Cade. Because I believe that this Pistons team already has a great young core. You know, Jeremy Grant and Sadiq Bey, and I could go on and on and on. If you add a superstar piece to that puzzle, I think that the Pistons could possibly be a team like, I don't know, the Atlanta Hawks. You know, a team that that becomes a 5-6 seed who can make some noise next year in the NBA. I really do believe that. They just need a superstar. The Pistons don't have a superstar. And don't even get me started on how if you look at this year's NBA playoffs and you look at players like a Reggie Jackson, you look at players like a Blake Griffin, you look at a player like an Andre Drummond. I mean, these dudes, it's like you put on a Pistons jersey and a curse came over you. They weren't balling like that. In Detroit. And you can say, well, Al, it's because of the system. They don't have to be the guy over there out in L.A., out there in Brooklyn, uh, out there, you know, also, you know, Reggie Jackson is with the, the Clippers and uh, Andre is with the Lakers. So L.A., right? So they don't have to be the guys over there. But still, if you just look at the effort from those guys, we didn't see that kind of effort on a nightly basis when they had a Detroit Pistons jersey on. So don't give me that crap. All right. I want guys putting on that Pistons jersey who want to put on the Pistons jersey and who are going to go out there and bleed out there for this franchise. All right? Take some pride in playing for the Detroit Pistons they, that, that want to be there. Okay? So, that's I, I'm off my soapbox there because I believe there's a lot of guys playing for the Pistons who have played for the Pistons who have just come here to collect a check. All right? When they look around the, the league and they see these other superstars playing for you know linking up and playing for these these I don't know quote unquote bigger franchises and they're going all out because they want to ring want to win a ring for that franchise why, why not bring another ring to Detroit all right I want guys wearing the, the, the red white and royal blue who want to so I believe the Pistons are knocking on the door though I believe they have a great young core that that believe in themselves and think they can make some noise and know they can make some noise not think it but know it. And, man, if they got a guy like Cade Cunningham, whoever gets that number one pick is going to draft Cade Cunningham. He can take you outside. He can take you inside. He's got, you know, so much versatility. He is so athletic. He is the guy that all 14 teams are hoping to get if they get the number one overall pick. All right? But if, if you don't, if you don't, you got other names out there. Evan Mobley is probably that second name that a lot of people bring up. You know, uh, it's no secret that Matt Mobley could, could very well end up. I don't know. He could end up as the best player to come out this draft. You know, once his body fills out, you know, Evan Mobley is, is, is a great, great prospect as well. You know, he could use a, a, a more physical big alongside him early on, giving his rebounding struggles and his slight build. But there's a lot of potential for him. A lot of potential. Uh, Jalen Green. He has made, he has no shortage of fans in NBA front offices, okay? Uh, There's an argument that he has the most star potential in this draft. One NBA exec actually said that Green has a chance to be, quote, a 10-time All-Star and 25-point-per-game score once he settles into the NBA game, once he settles into professional basketball. Isn't that something? So you got other guys. I mean, Cade is the clear number one, but there are other guys here. Uh, uh, Jalen Suggs, you know, uh, uh, many prospects believe that he is a a quote-unquote culture changer who brings toughness and a winning mentality wherever he goes. Um, And some coaches and staff who have been around him say that he's the most competitive player they've ever coached. Love hearing that. How about Jonathan Kuminga? Kuminga is the most physically ready, probably, of the top five. Uh, he's got the ideal tools for a a, a two way wing in today's NBA, and uh, Kuminga is the only one that an NBA coach could comfortably ask to to really slow down elite scores, you know, in, in the league. Really, because he's he's physically ready. So those are just a few names. So I, I want to give my my fellow Pistons fans out there a little bit of hope. If if you don't land number one, and you land in the top four, you could still draft a prospect who can come right in and make an immediate impact on this young squad. Guys like Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Jalen Sugg, Jonathan Kuminga. I got a few others, and I'll probably get to those sometime next month as we get closer and closer to NBA draft day. All right, And then who knows? You know, who who knows what happens in, in the NBA offseason? We all we we all know. I mean, the, the NBA offseason is the wild, wild west, man. Anything can happen. And and I and I think that Troy Weaver is such a great basketball mind. Uh Troy Weaver, the, the current general manager of the Pistons. And and I've I've loved every move that he has made with this franchise thus far. I believe that Troy Weaver can come in and and, and Continue to do some special things in this off season, and, and we may—I don't know, you know—and and I heard this debate going around on, on, in, on in Twitter circles yesterday, and I had a little bit of a, of a debate with my homie yesterday about it. But you know, the whole Ben Simmons hate that that, that uh, is going around now in the NBA. And look, I, I totally I get it, man. Ben Simmons is before the 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 Hawks and Philly series before Atlanta and Philly went at it in the Eastern Conference semis, I had been watching Ben very closely in the second half of the NBA year, and I just was sitting there saying, this dude is just an utter disappointment. He has so much talent in the world, but Ben Simmons doesn't work hard. He doesn't put in the time in the gym. He's lazy. He just is happy with being just an average star in the league. He's just happy with that he does not put the work in and I see, and honestly I see Ben Simmons more in the tabloids than I do on on you know NBA headlines for going off in a game you know who is Ben Simmons dating now I'm seeing that, I'm seeing that more than than what he does on the basketball court so you know when you look at his pitiful numbers throughout that Eastern Conference semi series um against the Atlanta Hawks just how pitiful he played especially in the fourth quarter where he took like what three shots in every fourth quarter throughout that series and that's a series that went to a game 7 that's inexcusable inexcusable but i wonder if if he was with a, with a different team i don't know what his motivation is but i think now that he's getting all this hate maybe this is turning this will turn him into a monster this will wake him up a little bit because he's getting hate in every Every national media circle, all throughout social media, you know, fans are stomping on his jersey uh, out in Philly. I mean, he's getting hate everywhere. I think this will motivate him. If this don't motivate him, he's just he just doesn't have that bone in his body to be motivated, okay? So what if he comes to Detroit? What if Ben Simmons came to Detroit? I think he could improve the team. I tell you that. There's a lot of potential there, and maybe we are turning him into a beast by giving him this criticism. I don't know. Maybe Troy, Troy Weaver pulls off a move like that. Who knows? Just something to think about. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, let's hit our first break. When we come back, I'll have a throwback chat with now Olympian. Oh, that sounds good, right? Olympian Tory Franklin, formerly of the Michigan State track and field team. A great, great look back uh, when she was uh, a part of Current Sports TV a few years ago. That and more. You are listening to the Tuesday edition of WKAR's Current Sports. All right. Welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. I am your host, Al Martin. We have a throwback chat with now Olympian. Tori Franklin, who finished second place in the triple jump at the U.S. Track and Field Olympic Trials on Sunday night at historic Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon, qualifying for the Olympics, folks. And you know, Tori was on on the radio show multiple times, uh, and we had her on the television show one time just after she had completed her final event in a green and white jersey. Uh, for the Michigan State track and field team. Uh, It was a great chat. She has such an amazing personality. She is so down to earth. Um, And I just want to take a look back and and kind of celebrate her uh, because becoming an Olympian is kind of a big deal. (laughs) Uh, enjoy this look back, folks. Well, here she is, Tori Franklin of the Michigan State track and field team. First off, Tori. Hello. Thanks so much for joining me. Oh, yeah. Me. Don't, you leave that me that me. Don't leave me hanging now. Sorry. Okay. First off, I want to talk about this being, you know, you're done with MSU now. I mean, yep. as far as your athletic career is concerned, mm-hmm. have you wrapped your head around Life after Michigan State at all, and Uh, and is that scary for you?
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm in that process right now trying to figure things out because I feel like once you graduate or you're done with your um, athletic career, people are just kind of pushing you out, like, get out of here, and I'm like, well, wait a second, you know, (laughs) I'll go, just slow it down. Right. I'm not ready. (laughs)
1: Right, exactly. So, and you actually, you will will still be here in the area until December um, Mm -hmm. taking classes. You actually walked um, this past May, I believe, right? What was that, that feeling like?
2: That was so exciting. Honestly, I didn't want to do it at first. But then <laughs> my mom's like, come on, your whole family will be here and it'll be fun. And it was.
1: It was a really great time. You've had a pretty decorated career, to say the least. Um, you know, being an athlete here at Michigan State with the track and field team. But you share with me, when you actually a uh, guest on uh, our radio show about two months or so ago, mm-hmm. that this past season was the worst healthy season you've ever had? Why is that?
2: Oh, goodness. It was just not good. I wasn't myself. I wasn't prepared mentally for it. Uh, Physically, I was definitely prepared because I was doing all the training. But um, just a lot of things were going on at the time of the season. So it just wasn't the right time for me.
1: How'd you push through that? What was going on?
2: Um, I pushed through it with my friends and family and prayer and such. And uh, eventually I was able to get I made it to the NCAA track meet in Oregon, and I was able to compete the best that I had in my entire season um, there, so that was great.
1: The mental part of athletics in general, I mean, not just track and field. I mean, you can equate this to football, basketball. Mm-hmm. Mentally, you had to be all there yes. to make sure that you go out there and put forth your best performance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How, With those distractions that you, that you talk about, how did you put that on the back burner to say, okay, I'm going to put all that behind me and just go out there and compete?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, really, you have to remember why you do it. And I i guess I forgot that. And I, I do track because I love it and because it's fun and it's going to be able to take me places in the future. And so I just really had to just forget everything else. Just go... <laughs>
1: Woosah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why did you start track and field? Take us there.
2: Um, well... I was, the basketball season had just ended, freshman year of high school. I was turning in my uniform, and as they turned in my basketball uniform, they gave me a track uniform, and I was like, wait, what? And they're like, (laughs) yeah, you're on the varsity team. Go to practice. I was like, okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you just did it.
2: Yeah. They, like, recruited me from the basketball team because they said I looked
1: fast. Wow, wow. And and talk about your high school career.
2: Um, High school was fun. I made state uh, every single year. I'm from Chicago, so it's a little different than it is here in Michigan. And um, I got 15th my freshman year, then I got... Seventh or eighth, and then I got first place, and then I got second place. So it was it was a it was a ride.
1: Now, Tori, I've seen the pictures. It, pretty special season for you for you all in the squad because you all were named as the uh, the Big Ten outdoor track and field champions, which was hosted right here in East Lansing on the campus of Michigan State. I saw the pictures. I was, I was kind of at home following on social media to see if you guys would pull it out. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you start to see these wave of tweets, you know, congratulating you all. And then you saw the pictures. And on a few of those pictures, I looked at you. Oh, god. <laughs> yeah. And the tears were streaming down your face. An unbelievable <laughs> moment. Uh, what, what You know, capsulizing that moment for you, when the points were, were, were revealed and you guys sat atop of everyone mm-hmm. to pull out that championship, I mean, what went through okay. your head?
2: It was a lot. It was so exciting because it was the first time our team had ever won in 33 years. And uh, every single year I've ever been, my four years, uh, Mm -hmm. we've always placed like fifth place, sixth place, you know, never quite up there. And just for some reason, like our whole team, our mentality was just like awesome this year. And we prepared for it. We knew this is what we wanted to do as a team. We had meetings and poster parties and stuff like that. And we just did it.
1: So it's all about chemistry, right? That's what mm-hmm. it all comes down to as well. Yep. What was it like competing um, under the tutelage of, of course, Walt Drink, the director of mm-hmm. cross-country and track and field here at Michigan State?
2: He's awesome. He's pretty cool.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all? He's awesome? Like, come on. Elaborate on that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, he's really motivating and inspiring to the team. He holds, like, um, obviously we have our team meetings and things, but he goes, like, more in depth of, trying to get us to recognize our full potential mm-hmm. and making sure we all know that that's, that's a legitimate thing to win Big Tens, and he really did that. He really, like, led the way for that to happen.
1: Uh, what, a, what a season it was for, uh, for for that respective squad. Now, again, Tori, your time competing in athletics here at Michigan State is done now, mm-hmm. and you sort of shift that focus. You still want to compete maybe at the Olympic level, term pro. For, for those out there like myself that don't know how that process works, mm-hmm. What now ensues, now that your career is done, in order to accomplish that goal?
2: For me personally, um, I did not receive a sponsorship right at the end of my collegiate career. Mm -hmm. So now what I have to do, um, train with my coach throughout this fall season, Um, I'm probably going to move down south where I can train throughout the whole year, because we all know how winters are here. Right, exactly. And um, from there, get into meets, get my marks up, and then eventually get a sponsorship and make USA teams. And that's basically what the professionalism is
1: now i've heard that a lot i mean getting sponsorships is a big part of this Mm -hmm. whole this whole deal how do you go about that do you reach out to them do they reach out to you how does that work
2: it can really go both ways um if you're the leo connors of the team they will find you and they'll make sure it happens (laughs) Uh um there's a couple other people on the team that are planning to um, compete professionally that have graduated so for us we have to pursue them and make sure they know our potential, and, and we just give them a reason to want to come find us.
1: Gotcha. And how's that process working for you? Really good. Really good. Really I, good. She let, <laughs> kind of let the, the news out the bag before yeah. we took the air. We can't say it right now, but best believe we will keep you updated on how that whole thing is coming. Okay, so that's yeah. kind of it's a, a great tease, right? <laughs> All right, now, Tori, being from Chicago, Illinois, what was that like for you growing up?
2: It was awesome. Oh, you know what you mean? It's the same as growing up anywhere else, mm-hmm. except people call it Chirac, and you're like, no, you're not going to die, you know. But um, it was fun. It was fun.
0: Yes. Right. Right.
1: Now, what, when you look at your, your, your career in track and field, I mean, what's your plan B? You ever thought about that?
2: Yes, of course. What is that? Um, my major is in economics, but I pursue hospitality business. Okay. So I plan to go into management of hotels. Really? Such, yeah.
1: How did that, that interest peak?
2: Um, well, all my life I've always planned events like friends parties, my parties, um, just hangouts with people from all over the place. So I realized I could go, I could do that as a profession, like event planning Mm -hmm. and hospitality. Um, but when I had my internship, I realized I am better as a leader. So management is kind of what I figured.
1: Have you reached out to anyone to give you advice on, you know, life Mm -hmm. after athletics, yes. life after track and field. Mm-hmm. Who were those people, and what have they told you?
2: Um, well, actually, I'm meeting with Judy Clark. She was a Olympian in the 1996 Atlanta Olympics, mm-hmm. I believe. She won the, the hurdles, 400 hurdles.
1: She I was pretty good. Was.
2: Yes, yes, she was good. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, she's been a really good uh, motivation and just someone to look up to. Mm-hmm. She's actually yeah, the mother of one of my teammates. So.
1: Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Have you talked to her yet?
2: I'm going to go talk to her tomorrow.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. So you had, she hasn't given you any advice mm-hmm. just yet. Now, competing at NCAAs, so let's go to the, near the end of the year for you. Of course, you were in U- Eugene, Oregon, as you just stated. How were, were you pleased with your overall performance there?
2: I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as an athlete, you know you can always do better. Um, but it was, like I said, the best that I had done all year. So I was okay with
1: the performance why just okay i can i can see that you're reserving (laughs) a few emotions when you say
0: that why Mm
2: -hmm. because i i'm I'm, i jumped 40 through four i forget i'm sorry Mm -hmm. but i didn't jump my best and it's it's just a little disappointing when you go out to your last national track meet and don't perform your best
1: when the dust had settled on that meet Mm -hmm. and it hits you that oh that's it yeah i'm done Mm hmm what was that? What was that feeling like? It
2: sucks. And I was even talking to other alumni athletes because I wasn't really sure what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh no, that's common." You know, when you have your last track meet, your last basketball game, your last football game, anything, you like, you're kind of just like, "Wow!" Like, are things that I've been doing my entire life, I'm, I'm done with. And it's just um, something you have to get used to and kind of figure out your new way.
1: Do you feel like your career here at Michigan State was fulfilled?
2: Mostly, I think it was. I've I've done a lot, and I've accomplished a lot. And so I'm I'm proud of what I've done here. Um, And, you know, I I can't cry over spilled milk with the things I didn't accomplish.
1: Well, hey, you you had one illustrious career while you were here at Michigan State, Tori. And, you know, another team I want to briefly hit on, which I'm sure served as motivation for you all uh, when looking at what they were able to to accomplish, is, of course, the women's cross-country team, which Mm -hmm. won a national championship. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable stuff. You know, watching what they did, how did that serve as motivation for you all, you know, before you guys hit the field?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, They were really good about bringing their momentum and motivation to the track team and helping us figure out how we were going to get, like, how we were going to all, like, collaborate and make sure our heads were in the same place and um, achieve what we did at the end of the season. So I'm really happy that for their success in that and how they brought it over to the track team.
1: Leah O'Connor uh, may go down. You can make an argument that she is the most decorated uh, track and field athlete at Michigan State in the history of Michigan State. Uh, what's it like competing with her and, and, and getting to know her? What's she like, first off, away from the field? Mm-hmm.
2: Um, she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> People say that uh, her and I are alike, but I don't know that super. Like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. gotcha.
2: But, um, yeah, she's she's really fun. She's a great girl. And um, she's motivated, and that's what's what's good to see and a good thing to have on the team.
1: What separates her from, you think, the, the average competitor out there?
2: Maybe her humbleness and how she's just so light with it. She doesn't let things weigh down on her or get super overwhelmed with competition or what people expect her to do on the track.
1: Gotcha. Gotta love that. All right, before we let the 12 men get at you, Tori, the overall brand that has now been built in the world of track and field for Michigan State—it's in a pretty healthy place, if you ask me. Heck but yes. when when <laughs> when you talk to others around the you know around the conference, I'm pretty sure when you went to NCAAs and you you know you that Michigan State apparel, talking to other athletes, I mean, what is the general feeling when you bring up the track and field program here at Michigan State? Is it on the rise? Has it changed? Has it stayed the same? What is your assessment of that?
2: It's definitely like risen a lot. Um, I think people really, really, people always have something good to say about our team because we're not just one star person. We have a lot of really good athletes. We're all around um, a solid team. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's there's always something positive to say about any event um, or any person on our team.
1: What do they say? If you could put that into context, I mean, is Michigan State among the top five? I mean, mm-hmm. the best or what? what in the nation? In yeah, in the nation. When you compare it to the nation.
2: In the nation. We are not that high. (laughs) Even with the national Mm -hmm. championship in cross country, Um, yeah, the cross of course the cross country team, yeah. But as a whole, the whole track team, our our presence at the NCAA, it's good. We do perform when we do have people that place in the top ten every time. But um, we don't have a lot of people there. But it's still it's still definitely a presence.
1: All right, Tori. I always ask this to anyone who has finished up a career in anything here on the show, you completing your career as a member of the Michigan State track and field team. What's been your favorite memory?
2: My favorite memory? Um, I guess it would be at regionals. Last year, yeah, my junior year, um, I was – I think you've heard this story. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. No, go
2: ahead. Uh, I was in 14th place, and at regionals they only take the top 12 to nationals. So – and I don't. I don't know where my mind was, but I had one jump left to make it. Mm-hmm. My team, three of my team members, they came over to me. And they're like, "What are you doing, Toto? What- I don't know what these names they were calling me, but I was like, yeah, yeah, they're right. I'm going to do this.
1: <laughs> so like the little engine that could, right? Yeah, I was like, I can do
2: this. And then I jumped to first place and um, I made it to nationals that Wow,
1: all the way to nationals. Mm-hmm. Now, you just mentioned the name. I wasn't going to bring it up, but you brought it up. <laughs> you actually have two sides to you, mm-hmm. you know, when you're away from what you do on the track and field. And, of course, you know, when you are doing what you do on the track and field. And you've dubbed that extra person Toto. <laughs> Explain that. Why do you make that. that face? What Toto, you Toto. Where does that come from? Who is Toto?
2: I am Toto. Toto is me. We are the same. <laughs> <laughs> but she's just, she's just the one that gets all riled up. You know, she's not a nice person, and she's come, she comes for blood.
1: Uh, Fierce competitor. Does. Yes. Everyone has a, like that alter ego, right? Mm-hmm. Oh boy, gotta love that. I think like Beyonce yeah. is like Sasha Fierce or something like that. Yep. I don't know what mine is. I guess it's Al. It's kind of boring, isn't it? Be L A backwards. All right, time for the twelfth man. <laughs> How cool was that, right? Toto, I love that alter ego. Toto, yeah, I'm not really feeling uh, L A, but yeah. <laughs> T- but I have a lot of alter egos. You know when I play hoops. You know, I'm out there as Al Jordan. When I'm out there on the golf course, you guys know I transform into Al Woods. So kind of the same thing, I guess, right? (laughs) All right, this is our final break. When we come back, uh, we'll have a special voicemail from one of our dear callers. Uh, my, my guy Alex from East Lansing and you guys know you can weigh in by simply picking up the phone and dialing 517-355 WKAR 517-355 9527 leave us a voicemail and you will hear your voice on the following day's current sports we'll close it out with that phone call folks we'll be right back All right, welcome back to WKAR's Current Sports. Uh, To close out the show, uh, again, you guys know you can weigh in. Let your voice be heard. I love hearing from you guys. I love hearing from my guy, Alex, who who now calls in, you know, just about every single week now. I love it, man. 517-355-9527. Call us at that number. Leave us a voicemail. Uh, Here is Alex weighing in on whatever is on his sports noggin. Let's hear what he has to say.
0: Hey, Al. It's Alex from East He's checking in. One time for the Facebook family. You guys know who you are. Let's start with the NBA playoffs. How awesome is it that Milwaukee and Atlanta are in the Eastern Conference Finals? Can Giannis finally get it done? I'm not going to say that he can or can't, but basically I'm going to say that no, because I don't think that Mike Budenholzer has those boys as ready as Coach Nate McMillan has Trey Young and his squad ready. Coach Mac, it's disrespectful that he still has the interim coaching tag on him. So hopefully Atlanta makes that right real quick. Moving on to uh, Phoenix and the Clippers. Man, the Clippers, they had a 36-hour lay- layover between Game 7 and Game 1. So you could potentially give Game Two to the Clippers, but I doubt it. They are not winning on the road. I'm going to give this one to Phoenix, and I actually am going to have Phoenix and six on that one. Don't tell anybody. I'm not trying to put out my predictions too soon. Moving along, big finish. All right, Uh, the Olympics. It's in a bubble. Olympics has always been a bubble. Uh, You're not supposed to leave the bubble because other countries do not like certain other countries' citizens. So, definitely don't see COVID being a problem. Of course, it's going to pop up every now and again, but basically, everybody is going to live in that bubble. Track and field. The Olympic trials, track and field, has been phenomenal, especially with Alex Phoenix, or Allison Phoenix, coming back uh, to finish second, that was great. But I do implore you, Al, you said that the Olympic trials were at the home of Nike town. And I will definitely ask you to do a little more research. The Eugene, Oregon track and field is sacred amongst track and field athletes. Um, Steve three Fontaine. I'm just going to mention that name, and then you look it up.
1: All right. Thank you, Alex. And, yeah, I, I didn't know. You know, I'm not a, a major track and field diehard. I didn't know about uh, historic Hayward Field. I, you know, when I, when I hear Eugene, Oregon, I just immediately think about, you know, Nike, right? <laughs> so uh, so thank you for that. And, um, yeah, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, Nate McMillan versus Mike Budenholzer, I think Nate McMillan is a better coach. I just think that, don't get me wrong, Atlanta's a great team. Nobody thought that they would get, they would get this far. And, and I don't know. You could look at it and say, all right, they made it this far. Why not just go all the way to the finals at this point, right? I mean, Trey Young is playing out of his mind. But I don't know. There's just something about the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I think they're the more deeper team. I, I think that, I don't think that uh, Atlanta has anybody that can slow down Giannis. Or Chris Middleton. And, and I think, you know, it's been a great ride, but the buck stops here. Pun intended. <laughs> so I'm going with the Milwaukee Bucks in that series. And, yes, I do believe that the Suns will win uh, that series against the L.A. Clippers as well. Uh, Suns in six, I can't argue with that. But, Alex, I appreciate your brother. Thanks so much for the call. We are out of time. We'll see you same time, same place on the Wednesday Hump Day edition of WKAR's Current Sports. Be smart, be safe, and as always, be easy, people.